Welcome to Through the Word, a podcast series connected to our current Sunday sermons. Join us as we explore the book of Romans. Hello everyone, welcome to our final podcast in this Through the Word series in the book of Romans. So glad that you've joined us, perhaps for many episodes, or at least for this one, but you've chosen a great one to come and tune in to because Pastor Josh and I are back as we often are in this, but we're welcoming Pastor Rick as well. Rick, thanks for being here. Great to be here. Thanks for having yeah. me, guys. Oh, so glad to have you. And certainly thank you for opening up God's Word just a couple days ago on Sunday. Uh, it was tremendous to hear you speak and to see the liberty that God gave you in that moment. And we are so glad to come to Romans chapter 14. And uh, so if you have your Bible open in front of you, dive in with us. We're going to look at a few things in this chapter. And uh, first of all, I want to read just a couple verses as we get into chapter 14, and then we'll start diving into some questions together. So let me read just the first two verses of of Romans 14. Accept the one whose faith is weak, without quarreling over disputable matters. One person whose faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. I, I got to tell you, that that makes me giggle, that second verse. Because <laughs> I do like my meat sometimes. Yeah, you're, you're not a vegetarian. You're I am not a vegetarian. Yeah. One person whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. And yet, if we giggle too far, we lose the point of the passage, yeah, don't we? Absolutely. In that very, very thing. So here's a, a beginning question. Why do we think Paul calls those with the stronger conscience weak in this verse? Mm-hmm. Who wants to tackle it? Uh, I may have alluded to it in the message, but people might not have caught it. But uh, he obviously specifically mentions weak here in this first verse. And then in verse 1 of chapter 15, he actually identifies strong and weak. Mm-hmm. And so based on the fact that what he has talked about in, in chapter 14, it seems clear to commentators that Basically, he's talking about those with a strong conscience and those with a weaker conscience. Not those who are necessarily weaker or stronger spiritually, but just one in which they have their conscience either not informed, not trained in such a way that they don't feel the freedom to participate in something versus others who are strong who feel the freedom to participate. Hmm. I think about it sometimes a bit like if your conscience acts like a breaker, Hmm. where when something goes wrong, it flips the switch. Yeah. Uh, the, the weak conscience, the, the breaker flips sometimes when it didn't need to. Right. It, it flips mm. too easily. Yeah. Mm. And uh, the stronger one holds when, it, when, when it's proper, it's fair that it could hold. Uh, sometimes I've, th- this is speculative, so we've got to tread lightly on this, but sometimes I do wonder a little bit too, if Paul chose that language maybe on purpose in that those who are uh, more restrictive in what they'll do and, and, and their conscience sounds the alarm a little more regularly, will often carry themselves as though they're the strong in the faith. Mm-hmm. To say, you all should do everything that I, th- or, or shouldn't do, for example here, everything that I think we shouldn't do because it shouldn't life be all about, you know, the pursuit of holiness in the same ways I think we should be pursuing it. And they position themselves like they're strong. And there's something that, to me, it seems, Paul has flipped the table by using the language here to say, it's, now, it, Actually, that's that's the weak position. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now, listen. Let's all be gracious and loving towards one another. Let's accept one another. Let's not impose our conscience on one another. But the one who may have been the most apt to impose their conscience on mm-hmm. someone else here called is actually weak. called weak. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's for, and he's definitely encouraging them. 
I think uh, in the implication of the text is that they should train their consciences. They yes. should educate their consciences. Mm, yeah. So they should know their freedoms. They yes. should know that in Christ these things are not wrong. Mm -hmm. And he makes that point when I think in verse, I forget what verse it is, but uh, yeah, nothing, verse 14, is unclean in itself. He yeah. said, that's that's the, the biblical truth that you need to understand, but just some people aren't there. Yeah, mm. hmm. It's an interesting verse in uh, a phrase in verse 9 it says well verse 8 if we live we live for the lord if we die we die for the lord mm -hmm. so whether we live or die we belong to the lord for this very reason christ died returned to life so that he might be the lord of both the dead and the living mm -hmm. this is in the middle of this context of conscience and and then verse 12 says each of us will give an account of ourselves before god so that's an interesting phrase mm -hmm. why does it say that christ is the lord of the living and the dead. Mm. Thoughts on that? Mm. But he's the judge, right? He's yeah. he's going to be the one that judges us. He's the master. He's the only master. I'm not. You're not. We're not. And we all stand before him one day and give. And he will yeah. assess us. We don't assess each other. That would be sort of my first sort of you know drive by on that. I think so too. I, I think in this language of the living and the dead emphasizes the ultimate sovereignty. Yeah, totality. Uh, yeah, that's right. You yeah. just say the, the living, yes, of course. But the living and the dead, it's yeah. like the God of heaven and earth. Yeah. It emphasizes the totality of yeah. it, as you say, Rick. All flowing from what he's just said in 14 verse 4. Mm. Uh, who are you to judge someone else's servant? Uh, th this is actually one of my favorite verses. I, I love this verse in Scripture. Uh, to their own master, servants stand or fall, and they will stand, for the mm. Lord is able to make them Positive. stand. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Isn't that great? Yeah. Mm. yeah. So flowing from that saying, you're not their master. Yeah. The Lord is their master. They'll stand or fall before him. You're no one to judge them. He's the, he's the God of the living and the dead, the, Lord, the, the judge of the living and the dead. Now then. They belong to him, they will stand. Mm. He's going to ensure it. Yeah. That what a way to back us down. I'm not the judge, I'm not God, and by the way, they're going to be just fine if they yeah. belong to him. How optimistic, too, where we would go, oh, no, no, that person's falling. That's right. You know, because they're not living up to our standard. Yeah. But God's saying, I'm going to make sure they all, you know, yeah, in amazing. his grace and his mercy. Right? I'm the Lord of salvation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we would probably say that the dead there are those who are dying, who have died in the Lord. Right. Verse 8, if we live, we yep. live for the Lord. If we die, being yep. the believers here, yep. we die in the Lord. So this is really those who, um, yeah, yeah, are no longer here, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's Lord and judge of the living and the dead, but he's talking to those who are in the Lord here. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Well, And we know he's sovereign over all as mm -hmm. well. That's right. This is maybe yeah. not this context. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Pastor Rick, you talked on Sunday about three levels. Yeah. Of, of you know orders you, you call them I think mm -hmm. matters that we see in scripture and in the Christian life that are important maybe lesser importance as we go down one mm -hmm. two three but mm -hmm. how should we identify what does it mean how do we define number one first level order issues yeah, yeah. as opposed to second or third yeah I, I, I think what I tried to illustrate was in this passage the two issues are first and third and the first is definitely the essential doctrines of yeah knowing God and being in right relationship with him, particularly we're talking now about the gospel mm -hmm. and the things that are uh, required um, for salvation. For salvation, yeah. And third? And third would be those freedoms, personal conscience issues, opinions, you know, things that uh, you kind of have as preferences. 
subjective truth, some of it, mm. but some of it is actually objectively true because our freedoms in Christ are objectively true. Mm. They're just not as important as number one essential doctrines, right? Yeah. So, and if anything, as I tried to illustrate, number three level truths, freedoms in Christ need to serve first level truths. That's a great point. Yeah. Uh, I was so thankful to hear you highlighting that, yeah. the importance of those serving yes. the first level yeah. truths. But even in this third level truth about eating meat or not eating meat, Paul says, I'm fully convinced yeah. it's fine to eat meat. Yes. So you can become fully convinced properly yeah. of a third level truth. It can be objectively true, yeah. can't it, as you say? You're right. And, and, and on the other hand, some people might think he's speaking out of both sides of his mouth because on the one hand he says, you know, it's objectively true, but on the other he says, I'd rather give up all my freedoms yes. <laughs> for the sake of loving a brother or sister in Christ. So he's saying yeah. it's true, but in terms of importance, next it's, to the treasure right. of people and mm -hmm. whom Jesus died for and the work of God of the church, yeah. they're just not that significant. That's great. So where do we fit to? Second level order. Yeah, and thing. I kind of alluded to that, maybe gave a couple of illustrations, but I didn't go too deeply into that. Some of this flows from you could have actually more categories, but I think three is the simplest way to approach it. Mm -hmm. And uh, two is more um, what I would call uh, issues that are clearly taught in the Bible and would be important, but, um, but they're not as significant or essential as the gospel. Mm. And so we could, you know, we might even have some disagreement about what goes in that category or what goes in first category or some even yeah. some things. Some people would go, well, that's in the second category, but really is it in the third category? Right. So we can kind of go back and forth. But I would put baptism uh, as an illustration in that category. I'd put, uh, you know, your particular view on eschatology or the, the future things, the return mm -hmm. of Christ. And there would be a few more things that you could definitely come up with quick illustrations mm -hmm. to, to illustrate that. So let's take a, a kind of a real practical approach here. Mm -hmm. uh, Rick, you began to give us a little bit of this in the application on Sunday mm -hmm. where you highlighted some of those um, issues like you just did now. But we've got a whole list here that perhaps mm -hmm. you and others would be struggling with in your own uh, Christian walk. Is it okay to do this or to do this or not to do this or whatever? So we're going to give a whole bunch of ideas and let's just chat about where we feel these fit biblically one, two, or three. Okay. And if we can find any scriptural support for these things along the way, let's do that. Mm -hmm. uh, you've already mentioned baptism. Of course, we are a Baptist church. Believers baptism by immersion is super important. Mm -hmm. um, some churches in Christianity would say that that is a first level truth because it saves you. We don't believe that. Right. We believe that baptism is a means of showing what God has already done in your heart mm -hmm. through Christ. We're demonstrating that, that act of going under the water where we die to self, die in Christ, and are risen to new life in Him. So it's a, it's a portrayal of that. It's a dramatic presentation of what God is, Christ has already done in your heart. So we would say that's number two, probably. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Super important. Super important. It's mandatory for the believer, mm -hmm. but it's not like you can just say it's number three where you say, ah, I just, as, as a believer, I think I'll just bypass this definitely, teaching. Right? Definitely not. I would say even, I think there's a phrase I sometimes when I teach on baptism, a quote by a theologian who says, there's, find me an example of an unbaptized Christian mm. in the New Testament. Mm. And you can't really, the only one really you come up with is the thief on the cross. Right. You know, he's going to, today you're going to be with me in paradise. Right. It's got to be somebody who died in too short of old. So, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Post-resurrection, all of that, I'd say it's an anomaly. 
But we do, and Paul does in 1 Corinthians, make a distinction between preaching the gospel and baptism. Mm -hmm. And so I think we need to go there too and say, okay, yeah, it's not, it doesn't save us. No. But it's also a key piece of fruit to demonstrate that someone really is saved. Yeah. Right? That so obedience. anyway, that would be what yeah. I, you know. And we're so stoked because this Sunday we have some people being baptized. Mm -hmm. The next yeah. two Sundays, the next actually. two Sundays. It's going to be great. Sure. All right, here we go. Mm -hmm. This takes me back to my childhood, going to a movie. Yeah. First, second, third. <laughs> it's definitely not first. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ask I, my dad. I mean, I'd, I'd say it's... Yeah, right. <laughs> I'd say it's third so long as we're not talking about uh, some ridiculous form of movie. There would be right. some forms of movie where you'd say, whoa, that is like so clearly, you yeah, know, right. off the rails, pure evil, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, going and seeing pornographic movies right mm -hmm. uh, we're not now saying this is just a matter of conscience you sort it out for yourself that's right. clear yeah. sin right. maybe filled with profanity yeah you right. have to decide now exactly yeah. where that line gets drawn you know and, and, and that's where it gets trippy because some people will say any form of profanity uh, right. now it's a second tier Right. And uh, you should not be going. And, yeah. uh, but but uh, others would say, oh, they would draw the line somewhere else. Each yeah. Christian is going to have to sort that out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the struggle is probably on that is that when you're in a conversation with a neighbor and they're dropping some F bombs or, you know, other foul language or, or you know, making comments that are inappropriate or unethical, that's real life. Some people would say you're going to a movie that's recreation. Ah. So I think I think that the, the critical piece here is discernment, right? It's wisdom, and it's just and again looking at making sure that I agree it's a third level truth, but it probably needs to be really discerned. How is this serving, you know, the body of Christ? How am I loving God, glorifying God, and how am I going to love others mm -hmm. uh, if they see me going into this movie? And it's a questionable movie, or yeah. those kinds of things. You know, um, you know that's the type of thing that uh, I think we need real guidance on, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And amazing that he'll, Paul will say, like, whatever you think about some of these matters, like, just keep it to yourself. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so sometimes some Christian may feel the liberty to engage in watching certain movies. Uh, you, you may be fine. Yeah. In the liberty that you're expressing there, and you're feeling there, just keep it to yourself. Yeah, uh, right. Best not to flaunt it. Best yeah. not. You right. got to that in the sermon yes. too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So what about smoking? Oh, that's a great one, man. Because you guys know that C.H. Spurgeon smoked cigars. I don't yeah. know if you guys knew that. Oh yeah. Of yeah. And he said, "I smoke cigars to the glory of God." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Until one day he saw yes. uh, an advertisement that said. We sell the cigars that C.H. Spurgeon smokes. <laughs> and he actually decided to quit uh, smoking cigars at that point because he really believed he was creating an obstacle, a stumbling block. Good for him. For, and in those days, they didn't know as much about smoking as we know today. The health yeah. About the health yeah. impacts. Yeah. But they, most Christians still thought it was a, you know, an inappropriate um, habit for a yeah. Christian to be engaged in. You know, there was Spurgeon going, I smoke to the glory of God. You know, so. I had a pastor who once said to myself and a group of teenage friends, uh, he said, smoking it won't send you to hell. It'll just make you smell like you've been there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, that's, that's thought-provoking. Thought yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But what I think you get the sense there. Yeah. Of, of where the, yeah. 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 Culturally, it's interesting how our culture has changed yes. in our lifetimes, right? used to be fine and it was glorified yeah. in the movies 
Now it's yeah. almost a taboo thing, just culturally. Yeah. But that that's an interesting one too to think about because drinking now, I don't know what you guys have seen in the research and the stats. You know, they used to say, you know, glass of wine, that's good for the heart. Yeah. Now they're basically coming out and saying there are no yeah. physical benefits, benefits mm. for drinking and it raises your cancer you know, possibilities, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So I think it's still, even with that knowledge, there's a some, to some extent, it still has to be a third level issue along with drinking, you know, that fits into that. Uh, and I'm a, as you guys heard, I'm a non-drinker. So yeah. I'm, I'm like, you know, hey, listen to my uh, spiel and I'll try to convince you. But, <laughs> but I recognize there's a certain amount of freedom there that you can honor God and still, you know, do that. So, mm -hmm. but... But we would say, what, drunkenness would be second order? Yeah, definitely. It's clearly condemned in Scripture. Right. It's where the emphasis is. Abuse of alcohol, totally unacceptable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we know where that all goes in yeah, our culture. Totally. Yeah, totally. Don't we? You, yeah. You, yeah. Sin travels in groups. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> all right, we've already answered the question about eating meat or about being a vegan mm -hmm. or vegetarian. It's kind you're of right okay, in, Lee. You're yeah, okay, yeah, in you're the text. Okay, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get a burger after this for lunch. Yes. Although pre-fall, they were vegetarians. There you go. That's so, true. And <laughs> we don't want to go there. That's a deeper theology. <laughs> and I'm not a vegetarian, by the way. So. No? <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> uh, what about hockey practice on Sunday? Oof, boy. I'm poking a bear there. Yeah, yeah. Because this is hockey territory here, Yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I think we've got to be able to recognize it's a it's a third level thing, but we, we need to be wise about this. So mm -hmm. we, don't misunderstand. When we say something's a third level thing, it doesn't mean it's unimportant. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it, it just means this is not clearly right, wrong, on, off, switch, and, and, and nor should we be judging our brothers and sisters mm -hmm. if they see it differently than yeah. us. And we need to understand the purpose of what Paul's getting at here. So, uh, but but I think we say it's it's a third level yeah. issue. And yet, way. if you're denying week after week, the assembling yourself together, Hebrews, right. what is that? It could mean? become a second level Wouldn't issue. It That's could, right. yeah. I would say, you know, one off, you go, okay, like it's a third level issue mm -hmm. or, or even from time to time. But if, as to your point, if it became a regular Have thing it. and you took your family away from yeah. regular worship, again, assuming here none of us are Sabbatarians, where none of us are right. trying to Right. Create a standard so of Sabbath keeping, yeah. but so we allow for freedom in all of that. But at the same time, we uh, we recognize that these habits can become second level issues because they yeah. they directly impact a clear principle of Scripture mm -hmm. that's being taught. Right? Mm -hmm. I was thinking the same thing as you there, Rick, along the lines of. You know, there's we don't believe in a particular Sabbath that has to be mm -hmm. practiced a particular day. So if we were to look at an NHL player who's a believer and who's using their yeah. platform for the glory of God and all those sorts of things, we, we couldn't say you are, I don't think we could say, I wouldn't say you are overtly sinning because no. you weren't in church every mm -hmm. Sunday through right. the NHL season and you, you mm -hmm. should have been. And, but, but we would be saying pastorally to that player, um, now, how are you finding the things that church is meant to give mm -hmm. you? Where, how are yeah. you finding fellowship? Yeah. Where are you gathering with believers to yeah. worship? How are you being um, ministered to through the spoken word and mm -hmm. the preaching of the word? Where are you expressing the one another's? Yeah, that's right. And so then we would, scripture? I think we would say, let's go out of our way to care for this brother or sister yeah. well. Well, so a family who says, you know, something like hockey, as you use that example, mm -hmm. and, and maybe it's going to have our kid away from church. 
I would be then encouraging them now, then how are you going to demonstrate to them the importance of church and the gathering and the way that you'll still try to work these things mm -hmm. into their lives? We need wisdom in mm -hmm. working through that. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and these things in their extreme realms can become mm -hmm. second level issues. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And I, I think there is a difference between the recreational hockey we have our kids playing in and a and professional the who's, that's their job. Agreed. Yeah. And I know even a, a friend of mine who was a, a former NHLer I mean, when they weren't, um, when he wasn't playing, he did everything he could to get his family, yeah. mm. just to your point, yeah. to worship and to do mm. what they could. Good. And they were very connected through his career with local churches. So, yeah. so that's, that's a great example. Yeah. We've spoken of culture here a little bit in terms of smoking a moment ago. Um, and our culture has shifted, thanks to our prime minister, <laughs> toward embracing all kinds of things that used to be very much taboo. So here's one of them. What about eating those green gummies hmm. Hmm. laced with marijuana? Oh boy. Cannabis. Yeah. Our you, culture says it's okay. My particular approach on cannabis is it's different than uh, other things because the very purpose for taking it is to be inebriated, right? Is to get the buzz. Intoxicated. On. Intoxicated. Yeah, yeah. So, so to get the buzz on, yeah. if you will. And so I, I would just say for a Christian, uh, no. It's more like a second level, mm -hmm. and it's just inappropriate to be under the influence of anything, and so Good. therefore, that's that's how I approach it. I'm in full agreement with yeah. you on this, Rick, and yeah. uh, you you would probably agree with me in that there's like, there, see, we have to be wise enough to think through all of the potentials and possibilities, so like hockey could get carried away. And, right. uh, we would not generally, I think most Christians would not generally condemn a Christian if they got uh, morphine or, or some oh, yeah. equivalent following yeah. a surgery or some terrible things. And, and so there may be exceptions where you'd say THC could be prescribed medically oh, by definitely. a doctor for real purposes. And we'd say, okay, that, that, the use of that isn't like second tier clearly wrong. It's, it's to be mm -hmm. able, so we're talking recreational. Recreation we're use, yeah. That's yeah. right, which is what you brought up. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, you brought up how that has now been legal legalized right. in our country mm -hmm. to be used mm -hmm. recreationally. Right. Yeah. So uh, this was an issue. The next one was an issue for my grandfather back in World War II. Mm. Military service mm. for the believer. Yeah. So yeah. he chose to be, um, what's the term? Not an abstainer. Um, conscientious objector. objector. Conscious, yeah. yeah. So he he helped in other ways, but didn't actually pick up a gun and fight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that was yeah. what he chose to do in that day. And it could be definitely a third level issue, a conscience issue, or or it's it's the concept of just war. Uh, from my perspective, is can be. I, I don't think there's any perfectly just war. Mm. Uh, mm. There's a more just war than. <laughs> You know, or there's a more just party than another just party. Like, you know, Hitler had to be stopped, yeah, yeah. in my estimation. Yeah. Uh, but the Allied side, I'm sure, did things that were wrong. And undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. Mm -hmm. And so you can't really say perfectly just. You can only say this side of heaven, a more just. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But the individual decision whether to participate or not, be a pacifist or to, I think, is a third level conscience issue, in my mm -hmm. estimation. But. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. So we've already talked about the end times hmm. as being maybe second level, maybe third level. Uh, but the Bible has a lot to say. So make up your own mind as you study God's word. Hmm. And uh, praise the Lord. The Lord's coming back. Amen. That's the, yeah. that's the important thing the to know part. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about maid? Hmm. What about abortion? 
I think those are second level issues in that the scriptures speak clearly to the sanctity of life. Mm-hmm. And uh, God's the giver of life. He's the only one who's to take life. And so if we're, we're talking elective abortions and we're talking made, then we're saying that this is a choice of one human to take the life of another yeah. and yeah. not trust God with that. And so um, those are really sensitive issues in our yeah. society. But uh, I would have to say those aren't third tier matters of conscience sorted out for yourself issues those are issues where the scriptures speak to it and we need to be shepherded in it and god's people should always be looking to him trusting him even in the hard parts and obeying him in it mm-hmm. so kind of related to that what about cremation hmm. talking kind of the end of life I, I would say that's a third tier issue uh, i personally would love to try and persuade people of burial because i think it fits with the theology of the resurrection and the honoring of the body that we're not you know, we're not uh, dualists who believe the body's bad and mm-hmm. the spirit's mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. The body is fallen and it's we're going to get new ones. But ultimately, there's no specific word of God, I think, that says we cannot be cremated. Ultimately, if time before Christ comes happens, all our bodies are going to return to the ground. Right? Does, so, anyway. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But I would say if we want to send a message about the valuation of the body I and and then also the grieving process closure I think personally the body, the burial fits with that but mm-hmm. again I think it's definitely a conscience issue yeah I appreciate what you're saying yeah. I, I would say the same thing yeah. it's a it's a conscience issue and I, I like the as, as time's gone on for me in ministry I've, I've realized more and more because of the resurrection and we say the body is not the person, but it is part of the person. Totally. And they will be reunited yeah, with it. Yeah. And, uh, and that body is going to be raised again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we say that what we, what we can do to honor God's right. creation in that way, in this part of this person, yeah. uh, is important. I, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Church membership. Ooh. Okay. Uh, That's a big one. I, I personally think it's closer. To, some will disagree with me. I think it's closer to a second level in my estimation. The only reason I say that is because I think even those churches that say they don't have membership actually have membership. <laughs> okay? Yeah. So everybody has membership. In other words, uh, all churches know who's in and who's out to some yeah. extent. Okay. And so whether you formalize it or you leave it as more organic, there's a sense in which, I mean, even brethren who don't have a formal membership uh, also, many of them are closed communion. Yeah. So they're yeah. like, they know who's in. They know who's in and yep. they know who's out. Yep. So from my perspective, the idea of belonging to the body of Christ is really, really, really important. How you apply that, you know, manifest it, the membership process and all that, I think is third level issue. Yeah. I, I like how totally um, Acts two forty two for me helps me on that yeah. issue. Uh, the early church said they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. Yeah. That's what the Greek says there, the fellowship. It's the group that was together, right. devoted to that. Yeah. Um, not just shaking hands as in what we think of as fellowship yeah. and yeah. food. No, it was the community of that faith sense together. sense of belonging. Partnership. Yeah. Devoted Koinonia. to that yeah. group. Yeah. 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 Um, vaccines. You've already kind of... Uh, we'll, we'll leave that alone because yep. you already talked on that. <laughs> uh, here's another one. Uh, what about dancing? What about music to listen to? Those are kind of oh boy, both things. A lot of dancing do. in the Bible there, Lee. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's right. But there is a kind Psalm of dancing that, again, kind of like the movies thing. It's very provocative, meant yes. to be sexual, yeah. sensual. I think God would say, no, no, no. That's that, that. Then it slides into a second. You know, at that point, as yeah. as, as Josh alluded to with movies. 
when we think back to some of these things that, you know, we're thinking through the tiers, uh, but uh, some of them are, are matters of wisdom and it depends. Remember when we were in our studies in Proverbs and we talked about biblical wisdom as like the right thing at the right time under the right circumstances with the right people in the right way. It's nuanced. Mm -hmm. And so some of it you got to say, well, you're going to have to answer all of these things first mm -hmm. <laughs> and then we can understand which tier it should be in because there would be some forms of dancing that is so sexualized. We'd say, whoa, hey, yeah. You, yeah. You, it's bumped itself into second tier. This is yeah. no longer. And same thing for music, right? Yeah, that's exactly same thing for right. And, yeah. and movies and so on Sun and so forth. Just yeah. so and hockey and all these things, you know, yeah. you can get to extremes where you say this has now clearly become into the yeah. second tier because it's yeah. it's a clear. Or some Christian music that's apostate, you know, and then it gets heretical. Yeah. You know, they're saying things about God, theology right. proper, or salvation. They're right. just not it's appropriate. Not right. mm -hmm. um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's... Uh, so the last one, mm -hmm. and then uh, we'll be done with this podcast today, living together before marriage. <laughs> Our culture says it's totally normal and fine. Right, yeah. Is this a first, second, or third? Go for it. Yeah, it's the second tier, I'd say, because again, Scripture's clear about it. So mm -hmm. these matters of morality where God gives us clear instruction, we can't say, make up your mind for yourself what you want to do with these things. We have to say, God has told us what we're supposed to do with this. and it, So it's not a disputable matter of conscience. Yeah. For sure what Josh has said about the importance, this is really a second tier issue, but I would just add, God's wisdom is so clear because really, if you want to have the best marriage possible, um, it's true. The stats show it, that, that those who live together actually are creating a vulnerability mm -hmm. in their marriage. That yeah. They think they're actually checking it out, but they're actually creating conditionality to their relationship, mm -hmm. which actually can become unhealthy later. So, mm -hmm. Just one more reminder that God gives us his law because he loves us. Yes. It's right. And Absolutely. Best. He wants us to flourish. He's yeah. not trying to be a killjoy. Yeah. You know, he's trying not trying to take something away from us. Yeah. Hey, do you have one story yes. that you could leave us with? of a time in your ministry that you, you saw a matter of conscience actually disrupt a church? Well, probably I could give a bunch of examples. There was one I was going to share on Sunday that I chose not to. I looked over at my wife and she was going She was like doing this. this. Yeah. But it's a story, an actual true story of a church that split because of baseball caps or caps mm -hmm. and um, kids wearing, young people wearing them into the church service. Mm. Now, that's kind of passing in our culture, I would say, the cultural thing about wearing hats or not wearing hats. Yeah. But, you know, still kind of exists in churches oh, where yeah. there's a sort of respect, right, attached with taking off your hat. Mm -hmm. And this was happening in this church. A bunch of kids were at a, I think it was a hockey tournament, and they hadn't had a chance to shower, so they wore their caps, and they wanted to go to church. And so yeah. they wore them into church. And everybody seemed to understand. The next week, they, they decided to still wear their hats. And then a few people complained to the pastor and the leaders and that kind of thing. And then um, they said, yeah, pastoral, we probably need to pastor them. You know, there's still some cultural stuff here and we probably should advise you, kind of more of advice, don't, don't do that. Mm -hmm. And then when the parents found out about that, the parents got all up in arms because they're like, you can't tell our kids what to do. Hmm. And they they encourage the kids to wear their hats. Oh, and then yeah. people on the other side... Just feel the tension yeah, rising. They just, the, oh. the arrogance and the pride on both yeah. sides. Yeah. And what I my observation was, it wasn't really the hats. It's no. that the hats weren't serving the first level, or the view on the hats wasn't serving the first level. Yeah. And everybody wanted their way, and it became a power struggle. And pride took over, and of course it divided the church. Divided the church, and really, over hats. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, yep. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah. Sad. May it not be. Yeah. Right? May it not be. Yeah. Yeah. Right? May Absolutely. It not be. Well, friends, we've come to the end of this podcast and this series in the book of Romans. Thank you for joining us. I just want to leave you with a couple of verses to encourage your faith and your walk with the Lord today. Uh, we're bumping now into Romans 15, verse 5. Mm-hmm. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other yes. that Christ Jesus had, mm-hmm. so that with one mind and one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. Amen. That's, that's what we want to be as people of faith. God bless you. And maybe we'll see you next time in the next iteration of Through the Word. Hey friends, uh, just one last thing we want to leave you with here. We would not want you to go away with the impression that the point of this podcast was about saying certain things are right and fine and certain things are not and, and, and to sort of... Uh, give you this lowdown on morality and and which ones are in and out. The point of our our tears in our discussion was to say there are certain things that are central to salvation that must be agreed upon and and adhered to, and those are first-order issues. And then there are certain things the Bible speaks to and that makes it abundantly clear, and and they're uh, critical. They're not critical unto salvation, and yet they're still critical in the life of the believer, and we've called those second-tier issues. And and then there are issues where uh, the Bible may not speak directly to them, and, and often where there are areas where we have a freedom, a liberty to sort of sort this out, and, and we're a responsibility as well to decide uh, with the help of the Spirit uh, how we should handle these things, and, and we put those in the category of third-tier issues. Uh, but I want to be very clear, the purpose of Romans 14 and also the first part of 15 is not to say this is okay and that's not okay. It really is to say how do believers find peace and unity in the body of Christ, particularly where there are matters that are less than abundantly clear to everyone? And how do we work through these together? Uh, the goal is that in light of the gospel that we have all received grace and salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. We belong to him as Lord. Now we owe each other love and we need unity in order to hold forth the gospel to others. And you've heard Pastor Rick speak about that, that the third tier issues need to be understood in service to the first tier issues. Uh, A couple quick resources that might help you further with this hot topic of conscience, okay? Uh, One is called How to Train a Christian Conscience or something very similar to that. It's by R.C. Sproul, great resource. It was a real service to me. Uh, Another is called Conscience. It's the title of the book. Um, And it's by uh, two authors, Nasali and Crawley. And a very, very helpful resource. Uh, it's a recent write as well, and it'll serve you well. One more I haven't read personally, but it's come highly recommended, and that is Finding the Right Hills to Die On by Gavin Ortland. Um, also, you might remember we did a short series on conscience about two years ago, and you could look back in the archives and find that as well if that's helpful to you. Let me see just a final word. Let's let God's word have a final word here. And that is, uh, I'll take us to John chapter 17. Where Jesus says, my prayer is not for them alone, that was uh, the 12 disciples, but I pray also for those who believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. May that be true of us, brother and sister, that we would take those matters of conscience, we would use them in service of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that we would be demonstrating a a supernatural unity to the world around us, to the glory of our Savior. For more episodes, find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Emmanuel Plus on YouTube.